Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Santi Time Podcast, where no matter if it's Eastern Time, Western Time, or Pacific Time, it'll always be Santi Time. Um, this is episode 40. Wow, we've already reached, um, I've already reached 40 episodes today. I, I, I've already reached 40 episodes right now. And uh, and uh, I have another returning guest uh, named Stockton. And uh, how's it going today, buddy? <laughs> Uh, doing pretty okay. I'm so excited to actually finally talk about this movie in depth because, uh, dear God, James Gunn just has that Midas touch. Yes. Yes, he does. He does have the Midas touch. And yeah, like we've been, we've both been waiting to like talk about this, you know, because like we've both been like, uh, you've been busy, but like me personally, like I've been waiting, like I have a job too. Like, like, uh, like basically both of our jobs have been like keeping us from talking about it. But yeah, we're here now and uh, I don't work until four and you don't have anything to do until what, 2.30. So we'll try to keep this as like short as possible and maybe and uh, maybe we could like keep this up to an hour. So, yeah. Uh, wow. This might be long. That this might be long, this might be short. Who knows? I have plenty to talk about. We're all good. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I want to skip the news segment today, and uh, let's just get right into Guardians Three thoughts. Thoughts. What we think about it. Like, how uh, do we feel about? So I definitely think that this is the best MCU trilogy. I'm just gonna kind of get some like, I think like blanketed, just generic, straight facts kind of out about it. I think this is the best MCU trilogy just on the fact that I don't think there's a bad movie in the series. I think that pretty much every other MCU like trilogy has at least one bad movie. And I just can't say that about guardians. Uh, I absolutely think that this is the best guardians movie. I think that this is the best soundtrack. I know that's a little bit of a hot take, but the way that James Gunn uses like the modernization of like the 90s and the 2000s music on the zune and how that like evolves from the 80s music in the first movie it's it's just icing on the cake for me uh like no guardian gets left out in this movie everybody gets their moment like everybody gets their time to shine even like new characters like cosmo and uh adam warlock even gets a moment in there i think that he's one of the weaker characters but we'll get into that yeah uh, i just it's so good to have a movie end and it to like actually feel like we won for once i feel like so much like movies like will end like ant-man for example it's like we technically beat the bad guy but like we didn't really like fix the problem like we exactly. still have like you know a lot of problems out there this just felt like we finally like actually have one under our belts we can like actually take a moment and just celebrate and be happy with like what we have absolutely just beautiful ending i have been listening to uh dog days are over like on repeat non-stop all day every day since i've seen the movie essentially i've been listening to dog days are over too and it's and it's and it's getting me into florence and the machine not gonna lie you know i've been i've been starting to like their music they're that she's she's pretty good florence is pretty good but yeah uh i I don't know. Like, I wasn't that much of a big fan of the soundtrack. I mean, like, I'm mean, like, pretty much some of the songs are good. I just think like some of them were poorly timed in a way. 
Like, uh, I can like, definitely see that. Like James... I think the Mario movie definitely had that problem too. Like not, not, yeah, yeah, like not, not as bad as, like, like definitely not as bad as the Mario movie. But like I'm just saying, that like, but but I'm just saying, like, with Volume Two's soundtrack, every song was timed. Like this is why I really, this is why I'm a big fan of Volume Two's soundtrack. Like every, like like every song from that movie meshes meshes well with what's going on, and like and 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 each song has a purpose. Whereas, whereas like, whereas whereas like. With volume threes, like I don't know, like some of them, like some of them miss the mark, while while uh, while while most of them do. Like for example, uh, like, for sure, like uh, like how Guardians three opens, like uh, it plays with like, creep. Yes, yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, with Radiohead's creep, the acoustic version. Like, like that's like, like that's pretty good. Like, uh. By the way, Rocket like kind of like emits that energy, like how I am with music when I'm like walking and just and, and just vibing to like sad music. Uh, I think that the reason why I like this soundtrack so much, and it's definitely like kind of what you were talking about. I think that it's carried by a few good moments that I think are better than like just the generally really good moments in guardians 2 where all of the songs are good if that makes sense mm -hmm. because creep at the beginning is phenomenal i love how like we're paralleling rocket with quill from the first movie and like that really just establishes that this movie is about him this is not a star lord movie like this is rocket raccoon absolutely yeah. beautiful uh no sleep till brooklyn is absolutely the best fight in the mcu hell uh, yes like, <laughs> Up, up there with like, uh, you know, E E A A O like choreography, like yeah. it just absolute insane like fight scene, so gorgeous, and it's yeah. all one shot. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. and then dog days are over. Just actually like it just flipped a switch in my brain. It's like wait a minute, this is real. Like it hit me. Like this is a good moment. Like there's nothing that's gonna come to ruin this. Like. We've we've made it. We've arrived at our destination. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like uh, it was like, and and I, and genuinely like I've never felt like I always like get excited like for like for like a new movie coming out with something like Guardians Three or like something like or or some like really like major movie that's that's coming out that I'm always excited for. But with Guardians Three, like I just had an I I, I just felt. I just I just felt like so shitty just because like like just because just because like I was super afraid and really anxious that like one of the guardians was going to die Absolutely. Like, specifically, like like specifically the whole like marketing like the entire guardians 3 marketing campaign was was mainly focused on rocket thinking that rocket might die or at least like sacrifice himself or or whatever and that, that there was also the possibility that peter might die and and there was also a possibility that drax was also gonna die because i remember that the guardians 3 logo was gray and uh i've explained this to, uh, to you before like i've talked about this three times with you already about like the logo color right yeah 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 the logo color is like representing a character like uh with the first guardians logo it was like 
Adelta, the color represented Groot, meaning that Groot sacrificed himself. The Guardians 2 volume, the, the, the Guardians 2 logo was blue, meaning that Yondu died. And and the Guardians 3 and the Guardians 3 logo was gray at first. And then and then the new logo was like yellow. So yeah. Yeah, like you know, like No, think- and for sure. And James Gunn definitely, like, does play, like, with that audience expectation, too. And that's how you know that, like, you got a real cheeky director on your hands is when they're (laughs) specifically making decisions in the movie because they know the audience is going to react a certain way. But Mm -hmm. not, like, not, like, in a super obvious way, like, you would do with, like, a twist in a movie. James Gunn just does it super, like, uh... It, it's almost seamlessly like it doesn't hurt the integrity of the movie at all but it's almost like he's kind of giving an inside nod to like the people who he knows watches his movies like we do right right yeah and like, like oh oh he's gonna die i was i was on hey, the edge i was on the edge of my seat that like rocket like flatlined for a minute and you see like rocket up on this astral plane with lila and then you have and 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 then there's Teeves and uh, what's her name? Floor, like Floor, the, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teeves is a walrus with like bionic like arms, and Teef and Teef is like and Teef is a rabbit with like with like these like Floor is the rabbit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Floor is the rabbit with these legs, who uh, who kind of reminds me of like. Of the baby with like Toy Story, yeah, yep, yep. (laughs) My first thought, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And like, and like, I was like, I got super emotional, and 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 then when he finally like was like brought back, and then when he like finally came back, I was like, yeah, okay. I was honestly (laughs) kind of a little sad for him that he got brought back. Like, it's like he said, like immediately after coming back to life. By the way. But he's like, I'm done running. And it's like, Yo. oh, man, it took almost dying to figure that out for him. But, like, he, he he he's done running. He just wants to go be with his friends. Like, I feel almost bad that he has to come back to life. But I am glad that he did get the opportunity to just fuck up the eye of illusionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so uh, let's uh, let's talk about Adam Warlock for a minute. Like, how do... Uh, how do we uh how do you feel about him so i am not familiar with adam warlock in the comics and this is like not at all what i had expected from adam warlock uh but i really like this character i think he's super funny and i think the idea that he is uh you know designed to be a savior and essentially like uh you know he's now the leader of his people because his mom died right and he like you know doesn't know what that means and he as of right now at the end of guardians at least is on nowhere and probably doesn't know how to get back to them or at least like you know we'll take like a little bit to but he you know has to learn how to or he's with the guardians right he's with rocket uh learning to do the hero thing but uh you know someone who is uh by birth unprepared unready and incapable of leading his people who is destined to lead his people i think is a pretty interesting concept mm-hmm. uh and he's he was just so funny dude will poulter kills me every time he's such an underrated actor 
Yeah, he is. Like Will Poulter is he really is a great actor. Just the facial explosion the the facial expressions that he makes are just they they drive me so nuts, dude. They're so <laughs> funny. Yeah. Yeah, man. And like and like I'm also like wasn't familiar with the Adam Warlock comic with the with the with the Adam Warlock comic book character. And so like so like so like to me, like he felt pretty much like like I thought he was like underutilized at first because like he felt like such a because like he felt such like a, like he felt such like a bumbling idiot and he kind of like and he kind of like sought redemption like pretty much pretty much early without without some sort of depth to it and like the more I think about it now I'm starting to appreciate that like that like he was he was brought out of his cocoon cocoon like pretty early like if you remember the seat if you remember like the high evolutionary like confronting um like uh confronting what's her name fuck uh yes uh what I is her, her name i adam priestess or whatever right yeah yeah yeah. You're talking about. yeah 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 the priestess like uh when uh when he confronts the priestess like uh she literally mentioned aisha like, aisha him. is her name yeah yeah aisha like when Aisha was like, was like you brought him out too early, <laughs> and and like and, and a lot of people were complaining like oh like he's so being like oh he's so being like oh he's so stupid, being like oh he's so stupid. Why is he with the guardians? I thought he was bad. When really like when when really like the high evolutionary is like like he's just a guy who just doesn't care about like his subjects he could he could pretty much like do whatever he wants and the fact that he and the fact like like i wrote this in my in my third letterbox entry for guardians 3 and i said that and i wrote in there like uh, it's not it's not james gunn's fault that he wrote adam warlock this way technically he wrote the high evolutionary to uh to bring him out of uh, to bring him out of that thing too early no, and honestly, I mean, like, uh, I I was really like curious on how we, how we were going to like transition into this bad guy for the third movie. I was like, how how are they gonna connect? Like, where where is like the line gonna be? And the high evolutionary, this godlike character who's made thousands and thousands of actual races of living beings, just mm-hmm. made the fucking bad guy from the second movie. It completely makes total sense. Uh, and Oh, that's right. He did uh, make ego. <laughs> Wait, did just he? Just like, uh, no, he made he made the uh the sovereign. Oh right, yeah, 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 the sovereign, like ego. Yeah, ego's the, ego's the real bad guy for the second one. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I think that was super interesting. It just like kind of really gave it actual like purpose for, you know, the movie happening. Uh, and you know, high evolutionary learning that Rocket is still out there, and you know, wants it back for obviously those, like, terrible, terrible experimental purposes. But uh, I do have that. I heard you mention something about, uh, I, I think you said something about High Evolutionary having to, like, let go of something. Uh, and I think that this movie talks a lot about, like, letting go in terms of, like, mm-hmm. uh, Quill and Gamora, uh, just, like, Rocket letting go of, like, his past trauma with his friends. Yeah. The high evolutionary, like, of just, you know, letting go of 
control, uh, like just so many parallels between those three characters. Yeah, yeah, man, like a lot, a lot, just like just really a lot of like character development with everybody. Like as you said, like everybody gets their time to shine and such. So, uh, did you think did you think Guardians Three felt rushed in the beginning, like how it starts? Honestly, we get right to it. Like I would normally feel like if it was rushed, but like if it wasn't able to like get the point across, it felt super fast. But I still think that it got the point across. I I think that like you know the quality of the movie like wasn't you know taken down by how fast it was going at all. The movie right. was just happening and it was really fast. Right. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, I see it. Cause like right from the get-go, like every like almost every guardian gets their ass kicked. Drax, like 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 Drax, Nebula, Rocket, like everybody gets beat by Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock. And like and especially when like Nebula is like is like all contorted. By the way, this movie is surprisingly violent. It is. I think that this is actually the closest we've been to a R-rated movie in the MCU. We actually also get the first F-bomb in yes. this movie, too. <laughs> Good a button for under Chris the... Pratt. There's a button under the keyhole. Okay. Now what? Open the now fucking what? door. <laughs> Genius. Oh Genius. Good on, good on Chris Pratt for that one. Also, uh, like, yeah. Yeah, everybody's such just, a... He was so proud of it. Like, if you've seen any of the interviews, he's just yeah. like... So, like, everybody always tries, and they always, like, give us actors, like, a couple takes where we can kind of, like, improv whatever we want, and everybody's always trying to sneak one in, but Kevin Feige lurks in the shadows. Yeah. Uh, and and he's like, James Gunn sent it to Kevin Feige, and he didn't have a comment about it, so we kept it. <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, uh, and... And also, like, Kevin, like, knew that there there was going to be James' last time, like, working with Marvel since that, you know, he's the CEO of DC now. And, like, and and at this point, he didn't care, really. (laughs) I don't think. Yeah, I think that Kevin Feige is starting to kind of, like, realize that he really needs to, like, put a little bit less pressure on the MCU for it to, like, you know, grow at this time, I think, is really the solution. I think that, like, we just kind of got to take some of the stress off it yes this is gonna be super healthy yes yes this is why marvel needs to trust their directors to make art you know this was this was first and foremost a james gunn movie this was a kind of like this was like as you've like said before like in many like as you said before when we talked about where we talked about where we talked about love and thunder and stranger things for like uh, we were gonna yeah, we were gonna have like a Suicide Squad style movie that's almost an R rating, you know? Yep. I mean, like, I mean, like James Gunn's wife gets shot in the leg. So, <laughs> oh man, dude, let's talk about cameos. Real oh quick, my god, this I... movie has so many cameos. Okay, uh, so we can we can list them all. So there was Nathan Fillion. I don't know if that counts as a Nathan cameo. Fillion. Yeah, is... and I mean he was also in the first Guardians too. So yeah, that's Check a second out MCU the appearance movie. for Nathan Fillion. Uh, we have obviously uh, James Gunn's wife, yeah. uh, who uh, Hartman. I'm, why am I forgetting her name? 
Yeah, I keep forgetting her name too. Like, let's just, let's just... no Jennifer Holland. Jennifer yeah, yeah, Holland. Jennifer, yeah, yeah. Jennifer Holland is her name. Daniela Melchior is in it. I love. Yes, it. who is uh, Ratcatcher too, right? She, yeah, she is going to be a freaking star. She was recently in Fast X. Have you have you seen Fast oh, X? Oh, I'm. I have not seen Fast X. I've only ever seen the first Fast and Furious movie. Really? Yep. Really, I thought I thought you were a fan. I really. I saw it and I was like, oh, I get it. And then I just, you know, didn't think I needed to watch the rest of them. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I'm pretty, and like at this point, like after, like, like, yeah, like after Fast Sex, like she's, she's going to be a star. I can't wait. Yeah. No, she's, she's she's phenomenal. I'm in love with her. She was so good in Suicide Squad. Yeah. I was really hoping that she would actually make an appearance in Peacemaker. Uh, maybe in season two, crossing her fingers. Uh, or like hopefully I... she'll make a returning creature commandos, which we're starting to finally get news on. I don't know if you saw, but David Harbour has been yes. cast as Frankenstein, which is phenomenal casting, by the way. I it think is. David Harbour is a fantastic comedian and needs to like do more comedic roles. Don't get <laughs> me wrong, he's awesome as the cop slash prisoner slash dad slash uh high school sweetheart slash stranger things. But, like, I think that he's actually also so funny, though. And I think that he and James Gunn are going to mesh really well. Oh, 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 yeah, man, for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, like, uh, we're not even, we're not even gonna, gonna get Peacemaker season two until at least 2025 because the, uh, because the Mandy, because the Amanda Waller show is gonna come first. It's gonna kill me. I can't also, by the way, support the writers in the WGA strike. Uh, yeah, because I think they're still striking out there. Yeah, they are. Like, did you see? Like, did you see footage from New York City? I don't think so. Yeah, like uh, there's a strike happening. Yeah, yeah, there's a strike uh, happening there. Like uh, Cal Penn. Yeah, Cal yes. Penn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cal Penn was there. Yes, like, uh, everybody. With Cal Penn, I did see that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's standing at Rockefeller Center. I've seen a lot about the one in LA. That's the big one that I've seen. Yeah, okay. Like outside like Disney and Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, this thing is going um, global, baby. <laughs> back to uh back to back to Guardians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back so, to cameos. So Daniela yeah. Melkor. Uh and then the girl who plays Floor also it appears in the Suicide Squad as well, but she only has like one line, like she's not a major character. Uh uh, uh, uh what's her name? I don't remember her name, but she is like the girl that runs into like that president's office and like is telling her that like Starro is happening or or something like that. Ah, uh, okay. Or maybe yeah. it's about Harley Quinn. Right. Okay. And uh, uh, Tara Strong was in this movie. That's a second oh, appearance yeah, who, in the MCU for yeah, Tara yeah. Strong. Yeah, yeah. Who replaced Miley Cyrus? <laughs> Which I'm actually a little bit sad about. I don't know why, but I just think it's so oh. hilarious that Miley Cyrus was in Guardians 1. Guardians 2. She was in Guardians 2. Was it Guardians 2? Yeah. I thought it was the end credits scene for Guardians 1. No. It, no, no. No, the end credits for Guardians 1 was... Uh, I forgot what it was. Was it not the Ravagers? I, I like Yeah, yeah. Guardians 2 was with the Ravagers. It was one of them. And... Um, and yeah, like uh, I think Tara Strong, like 
I think it was great that Tara Strong replaced her, Neil, because I think. Oh like, yeah, no, more... Tara Strong is fantastic. She'll she'll do good in, in any role. I'm I'm not worried about her at all. Right, I just yeah. was a little sad for Miley Cyrus, and maybe it was like just like a scheduling thing. Like maybe she's just busy like going on tour or something like that. Yeah, I knew that she just had that new song come out. So. Yeah, like her album's out, dude. <laughs> her new album's out. Um, let's see other cameos. I'm trying to think of. Uh, Pete Davidson. He was the Pete he was Davidson. The blo- yeah, yeah. So that's a, was the... that's a little bit of like kind of an interesting area because I've done some like thorough research on this. So, I uh, in the credits it says that Pete Davidson is playing this one character. I don't remember like the specific name, but then in the same credit list, this is uh, I think I was looking at IMDb. Uh, it says that James Gunn is actually playing a character, uh, and has a name or whatever, right? Okay. And then you Google both of those names and it shows you pictures of the same character. And so I'm not too sure if it's like one of them did the mocap and the other did the voice. I've also seen stuff that says like Pete Davidson just plays a guard like in that room with the high evolutionary. Uh, uh, but like it, it's so confusing and it, there's like almost no information about it online. And they're like the only like two things you can really find is pictures with Pete Davidson. One he has like a uh, he's like in a suit, and the other he's in like a mocap suit. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, who knows? But yeah, like all I know is that he was like he was the blob thing that uh, that Mantis let out that she shrieked at. She was like, "Oh no, I'm not." I'm not shrieking at right, you. See, and, yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the creature that like shows up when you type in both of those names, but it just also says that it's James Gunn that plays him. So wow. I don't know. Interesting. That's very interesting. And uh, Peter Safran's wife was like, what's was like the uh, was like the controller alien, the one who like the hostage, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, who else was in it? Um, I can't, I can't think of any cameos. Uh, Linda Cardellini was Lila. Um, yep. Who else? Oh that's the second MCU appearance, by the way, too. Oh yeah, that's right. She. Uh, oh, that's right. She played. Wife. Yeah, and she's Hawkeye's supposed wife. to be getting like her own show or something like that, right? What? Yeah, she's supposed to be getting like. Her own like agents of Shield, like because she's like a member of Shield, she's supposed to be getting like her own like espionage like show or something, or she's gonna be like appearing on a show. I think it might be Secret Wars, a uh, Secret Invasion, yeah, S- something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she's coming back, like playing the same character. All right, and that's that's cool. It's kind of which like makes how... me think that we're probably gonna see Hawkeye again, but he's probably not gonna go by Hawkeye. He might. No. Go by Ronan again, or or he might just be Clint Barton, you know, since like he passed the Hawkeye mantle to Kate Bishop. Right, I'm just thinking like if his wife is getting like into spy work, or maybe it will be like a prequel story. But if his wife is getting into spy work, uh, I I really don't see him just like you know staying yeah. in retirement, staying home with the kids. Yeah, yeah, maybe who knows. Or maybe she appears in the Echo Show. Is that where it is? That yeah. sounds right. Yeah, all six episodes are going to be released at once. Or is it eight? I think it's eight episodes. I'm a little bit indifferent on that. I think that, like, 
Marvel, honestly, like certain shows can benefit from like a week to week like release. But like, who's got the time for that? Uh, I might, I, I might be able to clear my schedule, but I don't see, know. It's, it's just so much easier to binge. Just like watch three episodes at once. Yeah. Yeah, like it would be like three episodes one day and then like three episodes the other day. No? Could be. But yeah. Uh, uh, yes. James that... Gunn, though, I just love that he reuses all the same actors. That's absolutely right? fantastic in my right? opinion. Because he picks yeah. good actors, right? Yeah, he like, does. If like, he, he picks like yeah. people yeah. who were like really like, you know, just bad or not compelling or like not fun to see on screen, I would totally get the hate. But like, Everybody he puts in the movie is consistently really, really funny. Uh, yeah, like, I don't yeah, know his, yeah, yeah, most of the actors are in his movies are either his friends, brother-in-laws, like, like his family. Like, it's not, like, it's so nice to see directors, like, work with, work with people in their circle. Like, another example is Sam Raimi, who, who like, whose brother Ted, like, appears in most of his movies and, in, in most of his movies and, like, as well as uh, what's his name? Um, Bruce Campbell cameos in almost Bruce every... Campbell is in every Sam Raimi movie, right? As well as yeah. Matt Carter. See, like every director does it, and like, I'm not comparing like you know the Sam Raimi car to like a person, but uh, like every director like puts in like their specific actors. Uh, Scorsese has DiCaprio and De Niro, mm-hmm. which are actually going to be starring in a movie together. I don't know if you've seen anything about. Yeah, Killers, Killers of, the Fla- of the Flower Moon. Killers of the that Flower Moon. So good, actually. I like. I think I've seen. Did. Scorsese do Pulp Fiction? No, no, he did not. Tarantino did Pulp Fiction. Tarantino did Pulp Fiction. <laughs> uh, nah, those older movies. I, I, you know, whatever. White director dudes, they're all the same. <laughs> uh. But Scorsese, I don't think I've actually seen too many movies of. Unless did he, he did Shutter Island, right? Yeah, yeah. Scorsese did Shutter Island. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I know who Scorsese is. Uh, not like a super big fan of like any of his work, but I definitely am excited for this movie. Yeah, I am super excited for Kills of the Flower Moon. I'm there day one. It looks fantastic. The reviews are raving it they're calling it his best work uh like they're saying that DiCaprio gives his career best performance like um I'm excited I'm hyped as I'm hyped as hell be cool for him to get another Oscar oh yeah it would be it would be cool it would be cool yeah but yeah anyways uh back to Cardi's three uh I think we list all the cameos I think I think that's it at least all the ones that I could think of. Yeah, there's exactly. Like any, I'm sure there's like some that I'm missing. I bet that Cosmo. Oh has yeah, been Cos- like in something probably. I feel like Maria Bakalova, yeah, Borat's daughter. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right, I knew it. I thought so. Yeah, and uh, and uh, in bodies, bodies, bodies. Have you watched that? Uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. That's the Pete Davidson one, right? Yeah. <laughs> I did see that. I think I kind of liked it. I think the twist was like a little bit bad, but like you know, I wasn't there for the twist, right? I was there for like the killings, which I feel like there wasn't also too many of, but it was a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. I really, I really like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies a lot. It's 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 very I think the it's The only very crime good. is that Pete Davidson dies so early. Yeah, and uh, and he has no tattoos. 
but he's actually like getting rid of like most of his like tattoos like on his arms and Hopefully. like neck area he said just like he says it's too much work to just spend that many hours in makeup he goes it's just not worth it right right yeah okay yeah good good for him you know but yeah uh uh favorite uh favorite uh favorite sequences from the movie like as we like uh, I mean, like as you said before, like uh, no sleep till Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. The no sleep till Brooklyn sequence is fantastic, but uh, but I also want to mention the Orgo Corp sequence is pretty impressive as well. A lot of nice, a lot of nice edits and zooms. It's very tense. It, it, it's very tense and super super funny. Like the whole back and forth with like uh with Drax and Mantis being like Mantis being like Mantis saying Mantis saying let's run, and then Drax says no, we fight, run. Fight, <laughs> and, th- and then like Nathan Fillion just like screams, "Tycom!" <laughs> and then uh, all of Orgo Corp was super good. Just Mantis like putting their suits like into that spacewalk, yeah, and just yeah. like seeing them float out the but, window. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually it's actually a thing that you put like the that you put like one of those like quarantine suits in it, so that right. Mm-hmm. So, so that so that nobody else gets contagious. <laughs> I find it so funny that Mantis like was just waiting for them to leave, and and, and then she just points out our space suits. <laughs> it's so funny, and then and then Drax says like, "Hey, are we pretending to be angry again, Mantis? You asshole!" <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Drax Drax actually kills me so much in this movie. He is so good. I think he's, that he's he actually. Funny. Is it's one always... of my more favorite parts. Uh, like if we want to kind of start moving into like the characters and the characters arcs, I think Drax is a good place to start because like all the way back to Guardians One, Quill is trying to croon Gamora, and Drax is like, "There are two kinds of people in this world: those who dance and those who do not." And that, my friend, is somebody who does not dance. Yeah, and dance it's right. like. <laughs> And then at the beginning of this movie, dancing to idiots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, just like, a, and then at the end of the, the movie, he dances. Yeah, he dances at the end, fully embracing that, like, like fully embracing that he is not a destroyer. He was meant to be attacked. <laughs> oh my god! And and oh my god! And I like that little moment where he's like trying to like communicate with these like little kids that 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 were captured and. I thought like he was making like monkey noises where really they're not monkey noises. They're just like noises that he makes, which is so cute and fun, which is so cute and funny that I got that I got really emotional just because like just because just because you get to see like what Drax was like being a dad and you like kinda, when and, he had his kid. Oh, man. Yeah. Hello, I... dumb idiots. Hello, dumb idiots. Mantis, I think, had a, a pretty solid story. This movie, mm-hmm. I think that I don't know if you spotted it. The uh, back when the Christmas special was coming out, yeah, James Gunn said there's like only one like important thing in the Guardians Christmas special that you need to know moving into Guardians three, and that would be the mm-hmm. mention of Mantis being Quill's uh half sister because Ego is both of their dad technically, mm-hmm. and uh like it it just really feels like something that like i I really don't think that you need to see the christmas special to get that line to like 
understand it in Guardians 3. I think in Guardians 3, you know, Gamora is just like, he's your brother, you do with it. And you're like, wait a second, what? Oh, well, I guess, yeah, Ego is both their dad, so sure, why not? But also, I feel like that's just something that we never really, like, addressed in Guardians 2. Like, I feel like it would have been so much easier. Wait a second. If Ego made you, doesn't that make you, like, half my sister? I guess so. And then just move on. Like, it would have just made so much more sense in that movie than in the Christmas special. Oh, 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 yeah, man. Totally agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah, for sure. But Mantis being like, I, like, have only in, like, in my life ever lived for other people. I was made to live for Ego. And then I lived for the Guardians. Uh, I want to live for myself. And, like, her walking off with the, I don't remember what they call them from the second movie. That was such a beautiful, like, end of her story. The battery you know, eaters, is, yeah. Is, uh, you know, going to see what it means to live for herself. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just getting emotional thinking about it, you know, because, like, the whole, like, Drax and Mantis, like, dynamic, that's over. And that's one of the highlights of the trilogy. Like they're like kind of oh, like absolutely. friendship dynamic. And wait, wait, I didn't I didn't mention this. My actual my actual like favorite like Drax moment that's so funny. And it's like my favorite Drax moment is like it's in the Christmas special. And he's like, How am I supposed to know the rules if no one tells me? <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, when they're on Earth and they're trying to kidnap Kevin Bacon. Yeah, uh, I think my favorite Drax moment is actually in this movie. I okay. think it's Drax picking up the dodgeball and just chucking it <laughs> at that kid's face, dude. It's so good. Like, it, it because like I imagine like I I love how they portrayed that planet because it is just Earth, but with creatures that are not humans. Because yeah. you can exactly understand what their emotion is. Wow this giant spaceship just landed on our houses and Mm -hmm. aliens have walked out not speaking our language and they picked up our chill on like our child's toy ball wow what a beautiful like intimate moment where we're making like first contact with another species and then it just chucks it at your kid's face (laughs) and you're like cultural thing and it's not it's just Drax being a dickhead like (laughs) it's so funny every time I see that trailer you know like whereas you have like the typical MCU formula style humor where they just like make a joke and and try to half-ass it when really with when really with James Gunn humor it nails it every single time not just at Marvel but like when he does his DC shit you know See, and I think that James Gunn just understands that, like, a joke is more than just, like, a setup and a punchline. Like, there's a physical element to jokes. There's, like, a, like, a physical presence of a joke. Like, the setting can tell a joke. Or, like, you know, a joke doesn't have to just be, like, a line and a delivery. Like, there are, like, other parts to it. And James Gunn understands that. And I don't really think any of the other writers in the MCU understand that right now. Because every time there's a joke. It's just, ah ha ha, knock knock. Uh, but like James Gunn is like, open the fucking door, press the on the button on the door. I don't know why you're missing it. That's the <laughs> keyhole. Like, and it's showing you like Gamora putting her thumb against the keyhole. 
Like that's that's Nebula. Like, Nebula against physical, the keyhole. Uh, yeah, Nebula. Nebula against the keyhole. That's just such good physical humor. Uh, that actually is a, unironically a good segue to talk about Gamora, who I think had a little bit less time to shine in this movie, but I think yeah. that that's just because uh, of like the MCU and how the MCU works. Right, and also because like because like Gamora is. It's not the Gamora that we know. This is like another version. 2014 Gamora, yeah. right? Yes, like the 2014 Gamora who barely escaped Thanos and joined the Ravagers. And like she still gets like her moment because Quill, uh, you know, it, instead of like, or, or Gamora gets like uh, taken by the Ravagers this time instead of Quill, right? And so it's really funny to see Quill oh, just be she... like, yeah. or she didn't get taken, but she just chose to join them. Yeah. Uh, but Quill's like, you left Thanos. You thought that him killing half of all life in the universe was bad. You started the Guardians of the Galaxy with me, and we fell in love. And uh, he's like, I don't know why you're so scared to accept that. And it just shows at the end of the movie, she wasn't scared to accept that. She had just already found that with somebody else. And that yeah. just happens sometimes. Like, she did have people that surrounded her and loved her with the Ravagers. And, like, she just, uh, I don't know why she, you know, wouldn't tell Quill that. But, like, uh, it has nothing to do with him. It's just she was ready for, like, the first actual family after Thanos. And the first people that came, you know, to come be, to come along this time were the Ravagers. And it wasn't Quill. And so, you know, she just, fell in love with him instead yeah yeah it's a it's a really good point that you made and it's also that like and, and it's also quill not 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 really accepting that like not really like wanting to let go of what he had yeah of, of what he had with her and like it and like it's like it, it's a good representation of a it's a good representation of a broken relationship or at least like the or or at least or at least a relationship in which you lose a loved one and and you can't bring yourself to let for and you can't bring yourself to let them go and you and and you resort and then like you resort to and, and then you resort to like alcoholism or like being lonely all the time and just being mopey and such. So like, and such. So yeah, like it's a good, it's a good representation that, and like the moment, and like the moment where like, where, where like before Gamora leaves and like he said, and like she says to him, I bet we were fun. And, and Quill answers back, like you wouldn't believe it gets me every time oh my See, that's god like even gamora gets like her nice moment like she gets like this closing she's like hey i am not who you want me to be and i'm super sorry about that but there's kind of nothing i can do to change that just because i am a different person and, and he's he like i get that now he's like I, I i've learned my lesson i understand and she's like but i'm really sorry that you lost this person that you cared about uh and uh, I, you know, am glad that I probably have to be you in a different future timeline or whatever that, ha or, you know, however that works. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and then she gets to go and be like with her found family, right? Gamora gets a nice send off as well, even yeah, though she... it's not like our Gamora. I I still like what they did with her in the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um, there's something else. Oh, and like, uh, I also like that moment where like, where like Mantis said so, where like Mantis interrupts them and says like, you know, we can hear you, right? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. We can hear you. What? Why is blue not for blue? Blue is for everybody. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, like Mantis says, like blue is, blue is for brown. <laughs> blue is for brown. Yellow is red. <laughs> no, 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 no. Green is red. Red is green. Blue is yellow. Yellow is brown. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? This feels like it's overly complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why it makes it so funny. And then Drake says, like, blue is blue. Blue is blue. Green is green. <laughs> oh my god it's so funny it's it's so funny and like wait can we talk can we talk about bradley cooper's performance in this movie oh my god like like this is why this is why the academy needs to have like a vote needs to have a voice acted category oh my god for sure i keep saying this every time i bring up a vocal performance like in a movie he just fucking kills it he he and just fucking kills it. Like the backstory with Rocket is just one of the most heartbreaking moments I've seen. And I'm gonna say it. I think Guardians 3's opening might be the best of the MCU. Ooh, I don't know. I really like the opening for Guardians 2. Yeah, yeah, me too. But like the thing about the thing about Guardians 3's opening is that there's no dancing. Like nobody it dances. Is, it is real somber for sure. Like it's really yeah, yeah like it. Yeah, it's really somber. It sets the tone for what to, for uh, for what's to, uh, for what to expect. And like, and and then like you see like all of the, all of the guardians like and Adapta with like uh, with uh, with Cosmo and Crackling in the midst, just walking very slowly. And then the tile appears. It's perfect. <laughs> Dude, that like I remember seeing about this was like the only spoiler I got for the movie. Uh, but seeing. Gamora like holding Quill like passed out in her arms with like um, everybody walking beside them. I saw that leaked picture a couple of weeks before the movie and I was like, Oh my god, what is James Gunn cooking? And then it's just the beginning of the movie and he's just drunk and it's not like anything serious at all. And like that's what I'm talking about. It's like he knows like how we think and he's gonna subvert our expectations like that every time. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty much a genius with that. Yeah. Uh uh oh my god. Like that like and also Guardians 3 is basically a horror movie. If you think about it. Yeah, no, there are definitely some like really mm-hmm. graphic parts. Like the F bomb is not the only thing that makes this like so close to an R-rated movie. Uh anything like with the high evolutionary, him like torturing animals, hitting animals, rocket, like clawing his face off. Yes. Uh, oh my god, that's it's so terrifying. Just him like just him like yes, it's satisfying, but it's also so scary. Like you see like the close up of his mouth and and, he's, and don't you like he's screaming, screaming blood is like on his mouth as he's being clawed out and then like and then like and then like his like his cronies show up, they shoot at him and then 
and Rocket's friends get gunned down. It's it's so horrifying to oh, see. Dude, it's oh, heartbreaking. Man. Did you hear that James Gunn actually won? Not that I personally think this is too much of an achievement. Uh, but James Gunn actually won an award from PETA. Yeah, for, like I saw his use of like animal like handlers and caretakers like on set or something along those lines, mm-hmm. which like PETA is not like a good company. They are known for like really bad practices and they are not yeah. like actually animal advocates. But it's good that James Gunn got that like a humanitarian type work. Yeah, yeah, good for him, really. And uh, yes, but it it's just so sad. It it really it really is sad. It really is sad. Like, uh, Rocket Chief Store Go Now. Rocket Chief Store Go Now. Yeah. No, go now. no, stop. Stop. <laughs> no. And, like, uh, not only, not only is it a commentary on animal abuse, like, it's also a commentary on toxic parenthood. Like, 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 not only, not only is Rocket, like, abused by this guy, like, he's also abused by someone who practically raised him in a really, fucked up way no yeah absolutely i hard agree actually and like literally like literally rocket sits on the guy's lap and he shows him like hey look at he's like hey look at this beautiful place look at this beautiful sky and such and and, and, and which is how like rocket gets gets his name rocket and like and tell, telling his friends like we'll ride on a rocket into the forever and beautiful sky. Wow. Uh my favorite line from the movie probably by the way. Yeah, one of the probably one of the best best lines the MCU like ever has, you know? Like uh yeah, they just James Gunn like really cooked here. He just really did cook. And uh well, uh can I just say that I really appreciate that the high evolutionary is not some sympathetic villain on why he's like on why he wants to like make the perfect society as he calls them by torturing animals no like he's oh he's just, just a bad dude he's he just, just sucks. he's just a very unlikable villain who genuinely sucks and it's just so evil and i pretty much See, love that <laughs> i know yes i think the mcu does a really good job of making like irredeemable redeemable villains right like killmonger loki it's like they're bad guys, but you want to root for them, and that makes them nuanced, and it makes them like well-written characters or whatever, and it makes you like think that they can change or like I can change him, uh, like especially with like you know Winter Soldier, just bad guy turned good guy trope is like a really common like thing in the MCU. So to just see a bad guy who is just raw and pure evil and actually has no remorse for any living life. Is just so good. It it really it really is good, and uh, we follow that up with uh, with a with a, with a main bad guy in Fast X named Dante, who is played by Jason Momoa, and like he's a Dante. He seems like, pretty menacing. I've seen yeah, the trailers. He yeah. looks like he's coming for Dom Toretto. Yeah, yeah, like he's like he's flamboyant, super funny. And, and 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 clearly shows that he holds a grudge against Dom and Toretto, and uh, throws a like like has a grudge against Dominic Toretto and his family. And I eat that shit up. 
oh my god like uh when he like so, so like in fast x like it's clear that i thought that like like every scene that like jason was in like he steals it every single time and like and and there's a dynamic between both of those characters in which like in which dante is like is like is the joker to dom's batman if that makes sense yep makes sense yeah 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 definitely like and like just because like like uh, all because that he is like a literal agent of chaos who wants to watch the world burn and that it gives dom an impossible choice on like oh who are you gonna save you're gonna save this guy or you're gonna come after me <laughs> yeah yeah that's like cool no, I enjoyed it. Alrighty, let's yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, what characters haven't we covered yet out of uh, the main cast? Uh, oh my god. Uh, I feel like Nebula, Rocket, Quill, Groot, oh. oh. right? Oh, oh, oh my god, Nebula! I really like Nebula in this movie. Like she has come a long way. I really liked her development. Uh, her like standing up to Gamora, like when she's talking about killing Rocket, and it's like because he's family. It's like that was the moment where it's like, oh yeah, Gamora's Gam or Nebula. Nebula's here to stay. We're good. Yes. Uh, but Nebula, I feel like a large part of her story really hinges on Rocket. This movie, mm -hmm. like, and because, their their relationship because they were is both just because they so were both because they were both yeah. the only ones left. Well, also they were the only ones left during the blip. It was yeah. just the two of them. Yeah, like they both have and like a for commonality. Five years. Yeah. Uh but they you know, were I imagine that Nebula probably knew Rocket's story, like at least to a, a little bit of a degree more than everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like at just Quill constantly calling like Rocket Rocket his best friend and Drax being like second best friend and Gamora's yes. like, Rocket's my best friend. You better shut the fuck up. Nobody around here knows give me one second. It looks like my headphones died. Oh, I knew oh. this is happening, so I have a spare. Okay, okay, great, but yeah, uh, but but yeah, uh, the thing about like Rocket and Nebula is that, as that they do, they both do have a commonality in terms of like both of them like being tortured by like their parental, their their parental figures, and like to a certain, to a certain degree, and and yeah, like I really, I really like their friendship a lot, and he, and and she really has come a long way from being like the secondary antagonist. From like uh from working with Ronan the Accuser to being like a part of to being oh wow what a what a noise there to like uh to being a part of the Guardians to being part of like another found family again to being close with Gamora and like this is a this is one of my favorite moments for Guardians too when uh when uh, when Nebula and Gamora fight like like they have this argument and then Nebula says you were the one that wanted to win and I just wanted a sister. That is a very good Nebula moment. I think that that might be my favorite Nebula moment too. Or actually, I really like Nebula. There's a moment in this movie where uh, after they like get Rocket like back online, and after he like is breathing again, Nebula just has like a sigh of exhaustion and relief, yes. like uh, and the, like Rocket just calling her Nebs, and like you could just tell like that their relationship is so much stronger than everybody else's because they just had to lean on each other, and and as soon as like Rocket wakes up, he's like, "Where's Nebula?" <laughs> uh, yes. So absolute huge Nebula fan, and now she is gonna be 
president of nowhere, I guess, or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, good uh, for her. She's rebuilding the city, like doing whatever, doing whatever she can for her found people. Like that's boss girl shit. I like that. I think Nebula is really doing what she thinks Thanos thought he was doing. Uh-huh. Like I think that Nebula like thinks that Thanos had good intentions and wanted to rule like a peaceful society and just went about it the wrong way. And I think that she's just trying to do it the right way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And like like pretty much we've seen her smile for the first time, you know? Cause like because like when you see Nebula before, like she grew because like she grunts, she's always frowning, like you know. But like in this one, she's like, we see her finally be happy, in a sense. I love that. Like somebody always has to have something in their heads in these movies. In the first one, it's Yondu with his like fin. In the second one, it's uh Yondu again with the bigger fin and Nebula. And then in, in Infinity War, it's when young Nebula takes out, like, the gold plate or whatever. And then in this one, it's the guy with, like, the USB in his head. They love, it, like, putting things in people's heads to take out. I don't know. Oh, I don't yes. know why. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't but... Oh, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Can we talk about, can we talk about one of, like, high, high evolutionary's, like, assistants? Like, what's his name? I know who I... you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his name is... His name is uh, Nico Santos, and he's known for playing Mateo from Superstore. Oh, really? Oh, yes, yes, yep. Yeah, I, I yeah, thought yeah. I, I thought immedi- that might have been him, but I didn't actually know that was him. I I immediately recognized him. I was like, "Oh my god, he brought in Mateo. This is great." <laughs> uh, I have seen the first couple seasons of Superstore. Yeah, Superstore is great. I like it a lot. I'm actually just starting this new show with Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. It's called Platonic. It's on Apple oh. TV Plus. Oh, uh, I've okay. only seen like the first ten minutes, but it's pretty good so far. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Looks cool. Yeah, like they both uh, are, they both reunite after the yeah yeah they both are reunited after they after they appeared in Neighbors like ten years ago, which is so, mm-hmm. which is so cool. And oh my god. And oh my god, uh, Billy Eichner! Oh, oh my god, Billy Eichner's character's boyfriend from uh, from Bros is in is in the show. I'll definitely check it out. I haven't seen Bros yet. That's someone else, but I think it's streaming what? now. So I definitely need. It. I know, I know, I know. I, but I Billy, did, I, I, you did watch Bros. It's right up your alley, right? <laughs> it is right up my alley, absolutely. Uh, so fucking funny! Like the funniest movie from last year. I can I tell you right now. Star-Lord in this movie is super good. Just like a lot of, you know, his story is trying to uh, let go of the past, let go of Gamora, uh, trying to not let go of Rocket. Uh, Just phenomenal, like, absolutely, like, him starting out as a drunk and, like, his friend being endangered and him just immediately snapping to work. And... I love how he's like, 
uh, we're not going to kill anybody and immediately just starts killing everybody as soon as she <laughs> finds out like that they're like actually bad guys and that they're not innocent people. Yeah. Like, he's not gonna kill... <laughs> In the... We're not going to kill anybody. We're going to kill one specific guy. It's like, now it's just sad. <laughs> uh... <laughs> kill one guy, one stupid guy that no one loves. She's making it sad. <laughs> uh... <laughs> absolutely phenomenal um i think that the movie also definitely like tackles run running away and that's something that we see with quill just trying to run away from earth and not be with like the family that he has left there which obviously we see him do at the end of the movie can i just say Uh, say that i'm i'm surprised that his grandpa is alive honestly i am a little bit too but like good for good for him I'm not. I'm not gonna complain. I'm just saying it's weird that he just sits there on the porch drinking lemonade, watching me mow the lawn. Like he can do it himself. He's a grown man. Uh, I think uh, that Quill definitely also represents a lot of like passing the torch. Uh, that's something that you know the movie talks a little bit about, in my opinion. Here, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier with like the music going from like the '80s to the '90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quill making rocket the you know new leader of the guardians uh all of those children being rescued a new generation starting up a new generation of guardians it's all about like passing the torch essentially um and then really all i got left to talk about is just kind of the big one uh rocket raccoon who oh yeah oh yeah like we didn't even talk about is the we didn't even talk about star of this movie Right, yeah, like we didn't even talk about Peter's almost death. Yeah, I mean, I think that was just James complaining with the audience. The Adam scene is like a nice touch. That's how Adam like redeems himself. Yeah, like uh, um, and, and gets like his second chance. And that like, shot, Adam. like, and that shot, like, recreates the famous like Michelangelo painting. What's it yep. called? What's it called? I, I think it's actually. I think it's just called Adam. Oh really? Okay. I I believe so. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, like, that's cool. But, 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 you know, like, I was so scared because, like, his face, like, blew because Dude, like, oh face, my like, god. Yeah, that I was, was like, so terrifying. Like, that, I really thought it was about to get super graphic. Like, Final Destination type stuff. But I'm glad we didn't. Yeah. Uh, and the quill just having to go back for, like, the the Zune for Rocket. Uh, just, like, Friends is another, like, really big one. Quill talks a lot about how Rocket's his best friend. We see Rocket and his old friends. And actually, that is how I think that Rocket uh, is different than the High Evolutionary. Because remember, the whole point that the High Evolutionary wanted him is because there was something in his brain that was different that made him tick better or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And he couldn't replicate that. And I think what it was is Rocket had friends. He had people and a community that cared about him with Tease, Flora, and Lila. And they, you know, cared about each other and they loved each other. And I think that that's what the missing ingredient was. And that's why the High Evolutionary couldn't recreate it. Because he didn't have that. He didn't know how to give that to things. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as a whole, like, he didn't know how to care just because, just because, like I've said, he's just rotten an evil right down to his core. Rocket puts it really well. Uh, this is another theme that I really like in the movie, just being yourself. Uh, Rocket says, you couldn't accept things as the, the way they were. 
and like, he wanted them to be perfect. Yeah, like you didn't want things to be perfect. You just hated things the way they are. And that I think is a phenomenal line. And uh that actually also like gets mirrored in Quill as well. Uh I know who I know you're not who you were, but who you are is pretty okay. Yeah. Uh, just you know, Quill coming to terms with, you know, that that's not his Gamora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice uh Barack gets phenomenal. He's the perfect new leader of the Guardians. I, uh, mm-hmm. you know, him, Adam Warlock, Groot, King Groot during the end credits is also phenomenal. Oh, That's yeah. so sick to see. I want a movie of Groot, but like that for the whole time. I'm also so glad that Groot didn't get like his head cut off and immediately like Oh yeah. You know, be only a head for the rest of the movie. I really thought they were gonna do that for a second, and that no. would have been a huge miss in my opinion. Uh, I like the uh, ending with us hearing Groot uh, say, I love you guys. Oh, and that yeah. is, you know, James Gunn saying, uh, we, the audience now, are actually members of the Guardians because we have, uh, you know, learned to let go and we have learned to accept and, you know, learn the lessons of the movie we have become guardians ourselves, and that's why we can hear Groot. And Straw Hat Goofy actually had a TikTok that had kind of briefly touched on that part, but then goes yeah. like further into detail about something else. And it's just such a good TikTok, and it's talking exactly about just like how the audience has become a part of the universe because we have just been with them so long, and we have, you know gone on this journey with them right right yeah uh did you hear that did you hear that juju's gonna be in a movie i did he is going to be in it's uh rachel gilman right rachel gilman ruby gilman teenage kraken ruby gilman yeah uh i am watching that didn't the trailer for that come out it's not coming out today right yeah uh yesterday yeah yesterday okay i gotta go watch that yeah, but like he doesn't, he doesn't appear in it. He just, he's just like in the, he'll just, he'll, like he'll just be in the movie, and I'll be sad. That is super cool, though. And, and good, and, good for him. Uh, we like seeing people win. I'm gonna, show, I'm gonna show up to the theater, bring one of his merch, you know, just for him. <laughs> Uh, really, aside from that, just kind of like some other like high points for me in the movie, just small stuff, kind of wrapping up. Right, yeah, uh, rocking accepting, yeah, yeah, rocking accepting that 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 he is in fact a raccoon, just because. Oh yes, Rocket yeah. Raccoon. Yeah, the name's Rocket Rocket Raccoon. Pow! <laughs> I really uh, love that moment. It's so cool. Rocket at the beginning of the movie is listening to Creep right by Radiohead, yeah. yeah, and at the end of the movie, after Craglin brings nowhere through the jump gate. He calls High Evolutionary a creep. Yeah. Uh, so that's just another little parallel between them. Uh I thought that was pretty I thought that was pretty cheeky. Uh anything with like Orgoscope was pretty funny. I really liked the like aliens on like Earth Prime or whatever. Uh I thought they were like super funny. Counter Earth. Uh just <laughs> Quill being like, Do you guys have a car? And the dad just being like 
Oh, oh no. <laughs> it's just so funny. And uh, I, I've seen a lot of people say that, like, that house is, like, uh, I, I feel like I've seen people say that it's Asian-American coded, just, like, the way it's furnished and, like, the oh, way that really? just, like, the parents interact with the children, right? Uh, and that, like, uh, the painting of them, like, with their hands on the shoulders, like, the stereotypical, like, family painting. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, it's just, all of that was also good. Uh, anything that, you know, Drax does is absolutely hilarious. Oh, yeah, uh, like, when he, uh, when he lays on the couch, like, uh, be, uh, being so impolite. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Drax, <laughs> I see you. It's like... Uh, Drax, don't lay on the couch. It's what it's for. No, it's not. It's meant to be sit so... Uh, shoulder, shoulder to shoulder. To shoulder. shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All, of, all Like, like all of it's so... Disrespectful. And, and then just, like, everybody freaking out over how good the soda is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Makes me want to drink that soda. Dude, right? Yeah, and, like, uh, when Mantis and Nebula squabble over, over like, over death sounds or, like... All... Eh, eh. Oh, eh. my God, dude. Karen Gillan is so good. I need to see... She needs to be in more stuff. I know that she was in Jumanji, and she was really good in that. Yeah. But like, I just need to see her in more stuff. Me, too. I really... I really like Karen Gillan. She needs to be in more stuff. I think she's great. But yeah, uh, what else can we talk about? Oh my god, uh, when like uh, oh, oh my god, that uh, that little uh, that uh, that pet that the uh, that they encounter, what is like the oh, yeah. pets, mm-hmm. like so cute. And like, uh, there's a funny moment where like Adam Warlock takes him and he's like, "I will train him in the ways of the suffering. I will train him not to do that." I'll trade him not to do that. Oh wait, uh, can I just say, I want Will Poulter to play Jimmy Olsen in the su- in the upcoming Superman movie. I think he'd be perfect. He'd be so good. Uh, Will Poulter definitely like needs to be in the. I think that Will Poulter like is a real strong chance of being in the DC. Keep in mind, there's still like unannounced like people from Guardians Three that are going to be in the DCU, and James can gonna like hasn't confirmed who that is yet. Uh, and like. I guess it is possible that, like, it could be his wife or his brother, but, like, we already know they're going to be in his movies, and so I feel like James Gunn wouldn't, like, be referring to them. Right, right, yeah, and, uh... Oh, so I'm uh, thinking think... it's going to be, like, Will Poulter or maybe Chris Pratt. I don't think it's going to be Chris Pratt. Yeah, uh, no. I hope I hope he doesn't play Booster Girl because... Be- I think he'd be so good as Booster Gold, though. Okay, okay, yeah, here's the problem, though. Booster Gold is, like, LGBT coded and like and Chris Pratt is like goes to an anti-LGBT church so that's totally false even... actually that that has been proven false wait really yep so what actually happened here if we can go on just a little bit of a tangent so Sorry. uh Elliot Page goes on like some type of late show and starts talking about how Chris Pratt goes to uh, like, I don't remember the specific names, but goes to X Church, and that X Church is homophobic, and it's not a good church. Uh, it's, it's like Hillsong Church, I think, like mm-hmm. a notoriously homophobic church. Yeah. And everybody online starts, like, attacking Chris Pratt, whatever, blah, 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 and people are like, just because his church is homophobic doesn't mean Chris Pratt is homophobic, and then all the Chris Pratt stuff started. Chris Pratt does not go to Hillsong Church. That, like, 
from the bud is just incorrect. He goes to this church called the Church of Zoe, which is really accepting of all people. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah, then... The, and that's did, just, that's the whole thing. Elliot did, Page just, like, started shit for no why, reason, I guess. Why did, why did he do that, though? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand either. Did he, does he have something against him? Like, I, I think it also weird. could just be, like, not realizing, like, what platform you have, like, you know, just saying something offhandedly and not realizing, like, that it potentially might have consequences that I, I, I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Yeah. I think so. So, so, so yeah, either, either Chris Pratt or, uh, or uh, Chris or Pratt Pop. and Nathan Fillion as Booster Gold and Ted Cord. Or, or, or maybe, uh, uh, I do really want Glenn Powell for, for Booster Gold. I think he'd be great. Brandon Roth, I think would also be really good for like Blue Beetle, like the old Blue Beetle Ted Cord. Mm, he might he might if he agrees to it he was already in a dc property which was which i was mean he's already been in a couple dc properties he was also superman yeah oh yeah he was superman that's right which yeah. james gunn says that he really likes his superman like that that's his favorite superman oh that's cool okay that's he's got good taste all right yeah i i think the brandon earth superman's not too bad yeah i mean like he looks exactly like clark kent you know he's got yep. like like all the way down to his like flat hair and facial features, like he's got it. But yeah, I just uh, I want to know who are Superman and Batman are so bad because like I want them to look alike because in the comics Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent are like not twins, but they could be related. Like they easily could be brothers. They look so similar, and I think that we need to see that in the movies. Like I don't think that that's ever been like done before. Like they're mm. both bigger guys with like short black hair, like. Really, the only difference is, like, Clark Kent's got glasses and, like, the Superman swoop and Batman's got, like, that big old Batman chin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, so the runner-ups for, uh, so, like, the main runner-up for the new Superman is an actor named David Cornsweet, who I think is, who I think should kill this role as Superman. I can, I can definitely see this man, like, being Superman, and Emma Mackey, as Lois Lane, who you may know from Sex Education as Maeve. You still there? <laughs> I'm still here. Uh, I I I believe I'm familiar with uh with Maeve from Sex Education. I think I know who you're referring to. I wonder if I feel like Sophia Lillis would be really good in a superhero movie. Like not, she pretty not... much has already played a superhero in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I wouldn't really call her a superhero. She's more of like a shape shifting, like I mean, yeah, for sure, a druid. But like, I mean, that's like the story of D and D, right? You take ordinary people and they become superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the Did you see the Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, movie? I did. I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that movie. I really, I, 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 I really thoroughly enjoyed it. It was it did. It's definitely, it's definitely one of it, the. There was best. a lot of care put into it. Yes, yes, it's definitely one of the best fantasy movies we've ever had in a very long time, and I really want to see more movies like that. Agreed. I really, really do, and I'm so sad that the Willow show is being taken off of Disney Plus, and I genuinely enjoyed that show. It just be like, like, and you basically wonder why we don't get enough fantasy content 
This is why we, this is why it's not even talked about enough. And when, and when they're not talked about enough, they're basically underutilized. <laughs> Which leads to a corporation to throw it to the side. My God. See, and here's the thing. Like, I feel like Lord of the Rings almost has kind of jinxed us on that end. Because I feel like every time somebody tries to make some type of fantasy project, it's just always going to be compared to Lord of the Rings, which is probably going to be the greatest piece of fantasy media ever written. Yeah. Um, But like, you don't have to try to be the next Lord of the Rings or the next Game of Thrones. Be the MCU, but of fantasy. Make it silly and lighthearted and like aimed at a younger audience and just make it fun and like exciting. Like it doesn't have to be like super like high concept, like political, like, it can literally just be if there's a bad guy and he needs to go down and we have the power of friendship. Right, exactly. Yeah, good point. Really good point. That's all I want out of a fantasy movie. I'm watching a fantasy movie to see the dragons and the magic. I, I'm not watching it for like the politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Sometimes we just want to have fun. You know, we just want to see we just want to see a bunch of like. We just want to see a bunch of... We just want weird... to see a bunch of, like, space prisoners kick the shit out of this animal abuser. Yes. And we want... Yes, just a bunch of weirdos taking out the bad guy. That's all we want, really. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Uh, So how would you rank the Guardians movies? Uh, I would probably say three, two, one, but I also could switch one and two. Those two go so just intermittently for me. I... I'm a sucker for a prison escape scene and so one definitely like kind of sticks out for me i also really like i i feel like the guardians like relationships grow so naturally and usually i don't like like first movies in a series because it takes so much time to get to know the characters and they have to like set aside plot to like get to know who these people are so we can care about them and we have to like spend time doing that first and then sequels, it's like, okay, bam, the movie's starting. And we don't need to do any introductions because you're already familiar with all the characters. But Guardians 1 makes me, like, want to, like, relive getting to meet them and getting to, like, see them and experience them again. Right, right, yeah. Uh, I would rank them as two, three, and one. I think that's also totally valid. I think that mm. having, honestly, any list, I think is like really valid if you said it was one three two or one two three or two three one or or yeah. two one three or whatever i think it's honestly totally valid these movies are all so good and it really honestly probably falls up to just like personal preference on music choice like half the time right 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 yeah and uh and uh and uh and, and uh, you know that uh and and uh you know and like you know about like my big like MCU hot take and like probably the biggest MCU hot take and uh, I don't think I've said it on the podcast but uh but I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is the best movie of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It definitely is a hot take. I, it's for sure in my top ten. I don't know if I could put it at the best though. Yeah. When yeah, we yeah. have stuff like Black Panther and Infinity War and yes. Yes, Black Panther and Infinity War like certainly changed the game in superhero Shang -Chi, media. Shang Chi, Shang Chi is up there for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Shang Chi is up there for me. Like probably the, probably a better origin story than Iron Man personally to me. But um, 
but like i don't know there's just something there's just something about guardians 2 that makes it genuinely so special like from like like from the soundtrack the visuals like 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 it's perfect characterization and like it's action sequences kurt russell playing a villain is cool and oh my and and i really i i i really like like the third act climax of the entire movie and it's new character it's new characters it's like it's really cool it's really cool themes i it has it all and it's so perfectly well done and like I just, and it really like perfectly like it just basically like shows that that we all have a place in the universe. No, for no? sure. And I mean, I think it's just such a good natural progression also from Guardians 1. James Gunn had talked about how Guardians 1 is uh love, Guardians 2 is about the family. And Guardians 3 is about the self. And that, like, I think is just such a good lens to watch these movies through. And uh, no, I, I think you're totally right. Like, I, I absolutely uh, love Guardians 2. I don't get the people who don't like that movie. Uh, I think yeah. it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, just the relationship between Quill and his father and Gamora and her sister. And how it talks about, like, how nobody really feels like they ever belong. And it doesn't always feel like you know where you're going and that like as long as you really have your people by you it's gonna turn out okay right right yeah and uh and like uh and i really like uh the the the, the exchange that happens before like peter the before like the bomb goes off in at an ego's core when he says like hey if you kill me you'll be just like everybody else and then Quill says, what's so wrong with that? Yeah. That is a very solid line. It's so solid. And like, and how it ends is just perfect. Like everything with like Yondu's funeral and, 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 and before the, the Ravagers. Funeral. Oh but, man, dude, this fireworks. Dude, Michelle Yeoh shows up. I think that's awesome. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts for Guardians 3 before we, uh, before we sign off? Uh, 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 go see Guardians three. It's it's perfect. I think it's a better swan song of the MCU than No Way Home or Far From Home or whatever the or whatever the heck came out after Phase three. It's perfect. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Uh. Also. Uh. Oh my God. Uh. I didn't even. Uh. I thought. I thought. Oh my God. I really thought about something fun to do, like naming like a bunch of like bad guys and and pop culture that i really love um um i think uh I'll, I'm, I'm i'm only just gonna name two so um uh one i'm gonna say uh i had a list i had a list before this um bad guys wait wait where are they wait villains oh my god okay five Okay, I put a list called Five Villains You Love to Hate, but I'm only going to pick two. Um, I'm going to pick, uh, well, High Evolutionary being like first one because, you know, like probably For one of sure. the first. And uh, I'm picking uh, General Vidal from Pan's Labyrinth, if you've seen it. 
I have not. That is one that is on my list. You've never seen Pan's Labyrinth? That's Del Toro, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's on my list. I really liked Pinocchio, and I've heard really good things about Pan's Labyrinth. I do really want to watch it. Fucking masterpiece. It is incredible. It's such a, it's a beautiful, dark fantasy that's both fucked up and beautiful. Like, love it. And, yeah. And, uh... Villains... I love to hate if I can also throw out two right here. Yeah. Uh my first one is gonna be the Lich from Adventure Time. Just absolutely reincarnation of pure evil. He only wants death and destruction for all living things. Uh and like he he's a force of nature, like more so than a character. Uh the other one for me, and this one's gonna be a little bit up for debate depending on who you ask, like, if this is the villain of the movie or not, would be Angio from The Prestige, Hugh Jackman's character. Oh! I think that... Yeah. I, he, he's, in my mind, when I think of, like, who the good guy versus the bad guy is, I, I think that he's the bad guy. But uh, I, I think that he's just an absolute menace. I think that if he just left Bolden alone and to his own devices, and didn't worry about copying his trick, or how he did his trick, that he would have lived a long, happy life with a successful wife, and a love- and like loving kids, but instead, he had to get revenge, and choose, you know, to fuck up everything for everybody, including himself. Oh, okay, that's, that's a, that's a good, that's a good pick, and that is, that is quite debatable. Uh, I'm glad that you picked someone from. Oh yeah, Christopher... no, I people people could probably convince me that uh, Bolden is the bad guy instead, and I I honestly like could probably be swayed. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would say. Uh, yeah, like the Prestige is Christopher Nolan's best movie to me in my eyes. It's at least my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. 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 For sure. That is until Oppenheimer comes out, which I'm sure is gonna like be like at be at best like critically acclaimed as as most of his other movies so like i don't doubt i don't doubt the positive reception that that, that that's going to eventually receive but yeah uh but yeah i think borden is like the bad guy to me because like if you think about it it was his fault that his girlfriend died in that water tank thing see but like i you don't know that see that's that's the whole thing is the entire movie hinges on that one fact and we just never get the answer to it and so, like, it really hinges the movie one way or the other. Like, it, it's so insane. Ooh, okay. Uh, I want to pick, like, one more villain. One more villain that, 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 that I'm going to say. Like, this character, like, this character, like, becomes evil. Like, this is the type of character who, like, who, like, who, like, becomes pure evil overnight. His name is Griffith from Berserk. Have not read Berserk. Uh, or or seen Berserk either. If you have the stomach to read or watch Berserk, get ready. It's like it's very heavy, and it's extremely graphic and the most nihilistic piece of fiction you'll ever you'll ever read in your life. Oh my! I'll see if I like nihilism. So like this sounds right up my alley. Yeah. So like so so this character Griffith is like the main character's best friend. His name is Guts, and like Guts joins like joins this group called the band of the hawk in which griffith is its leader and and like at the and like they go and they both like fight in wars and they help like like like, like they help this kingdom like 
they helped this kingdom like fight a war and when like that war is and when and then when that war is done like something like much worse like walks into their path and it's when like and it's when guts berserk and it's when guts and it's when guts guts and griffith like encountered this like hellish realm and they encountered this demon cult called cult and they encountered this demon cult called the god hand and let me tell you a whole lot of shit happens during that scene like it that it is a moment mm-hmm. called the it is a moment called the eclipse and and it's one and it's one moment that you'll that you will remember for the rest of your life it keeps me up at night it keeps me up at night like on several occasions just because of how memorable and horrific it and, and, and horrific it was so like basically like griffith like joins like this demon cult and like and he just becomes like and he becomes almost a force of nature in a sense oof Oof, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That sounds that you're actually speaking my language. That sounds right up my alley. Cool. Cool, man. Like, if you ever read, if you ever read or watch Berserk, let me know. I think you can watch. I like, absolutely all, will. I think you can watch all 26 episodes of Berserk on YouTube. Alrighty, I'll have to let you know then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we've reached the end. Uh, this is a this is another great discussion from you, Stockton. Always a pleasure to have thank you, you on. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Always yeah. a pleasure being here. Thank you yeah. for being a great host. Oh, uh, thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you. But yeah, uh, like, uh, yeah, so like you can follow, you can follow the socials. Um, you can follow the shell source. You can follow me on Insta. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Like not, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, um, uh, TikTok and Letterboxd. And you can follow Stockton on, and you can follow Stockton on TikTok, uh, uh, Letterbox, uh, his Letterboxd. And uh, that, and it's Twitter as well. So yeah, did I did I get that right, or am I missing yep. anything? Or right? Okay, All good. okay, great. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you guys next time. Go see Guardians three. <laughs> Go see Guardians three. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, guys.